So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit, you have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you gotta compete. Welcome to Thin Air. Happy Wednesday. It's the Fast Neat Below Average Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kamish. It's not my real name. It's what I go by on here, though. That's all you really need to know. And I'm also joined by my good buddy. Introduce yourself. Archie. And one of these days, you're going to let me actually introduce the podcast, but we're not there yet. No, we're not. And you say that as if this isn't our fifth take of the intro because we were we just got a case of the we got a case of the sillies. So um, it's graduation week, which is really exciting for some people. Not exciting if you are an incoming freshman and then you realize that wow, my short-lived summer vacation is almost over. Not exciting if you're a former graduate either, because it's kind of weird every year that goes by you realize. You're getting further and further away from being able to get away with kind of being around that college-aged person. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also you kind of realize that the more time that goes by, no one cares about you or your class. Um, I mean, we're all just a distant memory, and the next time we'll kind of come up, we'll pop up out of nowhere at, what, our 10-year anniversary? And that already feels like it's right around the corner, which is bizarre. Yeah. Because graduation feels just like yesterday, but we'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to graduation. And whenever those say, people do visit for the uh, reunions, I guess maybe not tenure, but I always feel like when they're sitting down at Mitch's, it's kind of like they're in this um, time machine, but they're also not pre- they're at the table physically, but they're not like actually there because I think everybody feels like so much has changed since they were a cadet. And maybe that's true. But 10 years doesn't seem that long. I feel like if I sat down at Mitch's tomorrow, I'd, I'd be right back in the swing of things, you know, passing things down the table like it's my job. I think you would, but at the same time, there's gonna got to be weird changes that come up. Like, they'll change probably the schedule, probably the way they do formations. Also, uh, by the time we have ours, I'm sure they'll be in OCPs by then, so that'll be, like, a weird thing to see. Um, yeah. Plus, we come from, from the ABU era. Plus, it's uh, it, as is tradition. You just have to say how easy they have it, even if it gets worse. It's just got to you got to keep tradition alive. Oh, for sure, dude. And then you got to tell uh, inappropriate stories at the table. Yeah, try that's and, what they always try did. Get, because yeah, trying to be a cool kid, even though if, even yeah, though, exactly. like you didn't have any confinements or tours, you just kind of make stuff up because you want you want eighteen to twenty two year olds to think that you're cool. Yeah. It matters. Um, so the first thing we'll talk about today is Weston Steelhammer, and not the first rookie. Well, see, I was gonna say he's not a graduate, he's not a senior, but he's not the first rookie uh, out of Yusafa to get an invite to a mini camp this year. We had another guy um, who got an invite to the Lions camp. And uh, but still have making a name big as waves. Cool as Weston Steelhammer, so it's hard to remember. Yeah, see, actually, what I was going to try and do was stall it until I could pull his name up. <laughs> um, we're not that professional. 
here. But I will find that in one moment. You can see how much we have. His name oh, is Second Lieutenant Ryan Watson. So he came out of... And this is another... This is kind of a point, and I'm, I have a lot to say on Weston Steelhammer as well, because I want to get into it, but he's been at, it looks like Wright Pat, for a few years. I mean, it can't be anymore. So he's probably a 2017 grad. I gotta be honest, I don't remember hearing his name a lot as a player, and that just goes to show that it's not all just like big offensive producers or just, just linebackers who make noise. Um, that end up going to the pros and who, who get their opportunities. Um, I don't even remember hearing kind of that he went to any pro day. I'm sure he did because I know that there's a lot. of Yeah, he's a uh, 2017 graduate. Uh, um, and he you plays... talking, you're, you're talking about Steelhammer, right? No, well, I'm talking about both. I'm talking about uh, Ryan Watson and I'm talking uh, about Steelhammer. Well, Steelhammer but, was definitely but... in the mix. Like with He was obviously Robinette kind of took the, spot, the spotlight in 2017, but he was kind of just below him and people talking about potential, probably not going to get drafted, but still kind of one of the bigger names. So I definitely, I mean, Weston was definitely like in the mix with him. He, and he, he was unreal at the Academy as a safety. So I think he, I mean, compared to the Mountain so, West, he was probably at the top of the top of the conference for I, standings uh, there. So I'm not, I, I got it. You're pumping him up and that's great. And I'm not going to not pump him up. I mean, I, and I'm also not a detractor. I would never take away from a graduate who's doing anything like that. But you've also got to kind of remember just the reality of what we're looking at here. So he's at a rookie mini camp, which means that as far as I, from what I understand, he'd have to go to camp after this if he gets brought onto the team and then fight for a spot on the 53-man roster. If he were to not make that, he'd have two years on practice roster on practice team and to make it up or it's either two or three years, but then the, the collective bargaining agreement is coming up. So that could change. My point is, is that he's still a long way off from making the 53 man roster. It's still a tremendous achievement. It's still really cool seeing a former Falcon wearing, um, wearing an NFL use uniform. But I think you've got to remember a little bit too, that his, what, made him so appealing was that he was a two-sport athlete at the academy he had a really cool name and he made big hits in games against triple option teams and heavy running teams so keep that in mind okay so that's that's me kind of talking you off the ledge a little bit i'm still and confused the reason why i'm talking about right now i'm talking about steel hammer what was his other sport how was that baseball he played baseball at the academy yeah. Are you sure? How'd you not know that? I, I'm like 5,000% positive. How'd you not know that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's a yeah. football guy. No, he played baseball too. He's a two-sport athlete. So anyway, um, just kind of talking you off the ledge a little bit because now I want to talk about him like realistically, exactly what's going on with him. So is does his experience translate directly to the NFL when it comes to game footage? Are you going to be able to look at what he did in college? as a scout and just say this guy translates directly to the nfl i don't know is what i would first say but what i would guess is that to most people probably not just because he it's going to be reading way different offenses dealing with way different speed of guys teams that pass a lot more at a way different pace it's hard it's hard to be and it's especially difficult in that position you know we have a lot of guys who most of our guys and our linemen 
we have Garrett Griffin who plays in more of a blocking tight end kind of role. Um, and then we have some special teams guys. I don't think we've ever had like a defense, like a defensive back um, out of the academy who's who's actually gotten any kind of meaningful playing time. So what I'm presenting to you, what I'm kind of building up to is, do you think that he has? What do you think is actually going to come out of this for Weston Steelhammer? I given all that, just to kind of again. Not even devil's advocate, but and I can read stats like the best of them, so I got my iPad out here, so you better be scared. Um, first team all Mountain West. Uh, Ronnie Lot Impact Trophy watch list, and this is his junior year. I don't even have his, his senior year stuff. Um, and not to mention, it's not it wasn't like he was playing for Harvard and he's going against Ivy League teams. He's playing, yeah, he plays for an academy, but he was playing in the Mountain West against teams that have, like, heavy passing packages. I mean, they're not... They're not, not that heavy. Not that heavy compared to the okay, NFL. Okay, it's not the Pac-10. It's not, you know, some of... It's not like the SEC. I mean, even the, even they wouldn't probably be considered as, as, as passing heavy as the Pac-10. But, but it's, he was still playing teams like San Diego State and Colorado State and Wyoming. I... It's not like he's playing against an option team every week. So it's a little bit different to me if you're talking about like a quarterback from the academy trying to make it to the NFL as a quarterback than a safety trying to make it as a safety because the, the, the game as a safety is pretty much going to be the same anywhere if you're playing against a medium or high-level passing offense. Is that not true? I mean, sure, but he's not trying to play against a medium or high-level passing offense. He's trying to play against the best op- passing offenses in the world. That that's all they do the entire game. That they, th- that you're going to be going up against in the NFC. You're going to be going up against a Dallas team. Who, if if he were to stay on Philadelphia, uh, actually, maybe me trying to make a point about the NFC East isn't a very convincing argument. But um, you know, <laughs> I mean, well, it doesn't Dallas matter. Pro, has, pro passing. Pro regardless, passing. I'm. So what I'm saying is is kind of what I'm getting at is, and, and this is just something that I'm thinking out loud. I don't know if from a big picture kind of standpoint, so he he's six foot two, 200 pounds. That to me screams versatility. You could ha- you could bulk him up a little bit and stick him in the linebacker spot. You could like have him uh, lose a few pounds and le- get him lean and have him play in more of a DB role. You could even switch him to offense, have him running on maybe tight end, that kind of thing, because he has hands. Uh, I think there's a lot of versatility that you can do with him. Now, the reason why I say that is because I'm not 100% sure that Philly is the best place for him if he's going to get any playing time. I think that if what it's going to take is a coach with the right vision to develop a very sound, versatile football mind who's played in dynamic atmospheres, and I would love <laughs> to see him go to a younger coach Oh, I was like, going to say, so you're, uh, maybe, you're, you're explaining Bill Belichick. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, but I don't think Bill Belichick uh, in 2019, I think maybe a Sean McVay would be good. But I don't think Doug Peterson is the kind of coach. I mean, granted, I'm also speaking really, really big picture on this. Like, obviously, there's a lot more nuances. You have his position coaches. You have the offensive defense or the defensive coordinator, all that kind of stuff to deal with. But I think that he's one of these players who could be – he could fall anywhere on the spectrum. I think as it stands right now, because he probably needs to catch up a little bit on the fact that he's two years behind in age to some of those other guys, 
hasn't been on a football field in a couple years. He's going to be going up against guys who have experience and have been playing in more pro, against pro-style offenses. Um, so if they just kind of don't do anything to develop him, then he can be in a position where they just stick him on the practice squad and that's it. But I think there's a possibility under the right coaching staff he could be developed and become a crazy threat in multiple positions if necessary and be almost like a like kind of dual threat like utility player is what I'm saying. So I see that too. He's a great talent. So so that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not trying to so like what I'm not I, trying to downplay what he's. Yeah, go ahead. If I was to project, the first thing you asked me is where do I realistically think this is going to go, right? What do I think? Yeah. After after the summer, maybe we maybe after a year on the practice squad, a year down the line, what's going to happen? So, first off, at six two two hundred, he would be a tiny linebacker, right? I mean, how much more weight can he really put no, on? No, it kind of depends. Thirty but, pounds. It's yeah, the NFL. But even then, that's that's pretty small linebacker. Um, it is. And I think realistically, his best bet in his early seasons is probably kind of that on the on the roster as a defensive back safety type, but really maybe getting some time with special teams. Kick off probably yeah. primarily. I think it'd be great for like onside kick recovery stuff. Um, I, he obviously doesn't have like an electric forty time or anything based off of his combine stats, but or his pro day stats, but. Uh, I think realistically, the, I think realistically he's he would thrive in the beginning as he's kind of getting used to the NFL culture and everything as a special teams guy. And then I do think maybe this year, maybe a few years down the line, he could be on a roster as uh, as a safety because from what I understand, it's just his his football mind is kind of you know unlike unlike many others because to be able to predict and kind of get in the way for interceptions it's more than just uh especially uh, after what we just talked about it's more than just speed and you know athleticism it's about knowing the game and kind of knowing how each play progresses so i think that's something that you that is really difficult to teach and obviously if that's intuitive for him then that's something that could be beneficial yeah i don't know i i also just kind of see I mean, like I said, the big, the only point of comparisons that we really have right now that we can go on uh, are kind of Ben Garland and Garrett Griffin, who are guys who can get in there, and it's about being who's going to work the hardest, who's going to play the hardest, and I think they do a good job with that. And then we've the the last guy I think in a skills position was Chad Hall, who played for the Eagles, I believe, as well, and he was yep. a wide receiver. Um, and I mean, he didn't, I don't know, see, it's tough to say, because it's not, and he's still working in the NFL as a coach, so I'm not going to say, like, he didn't have a good career or anything, but I just think that Weston Steelhammer is this potential that under, has this potential that under the right, I mean, I'll just keep going back to it, under the right kind of coaching, I think he could be developed into something great, but it's going to, it's going to take somebody smart, so, and yeah, they aren't exactly cranking out geniuses in Philly. Yeah, we, I mean, we're both NFL scouts who have an eye for this and we spend every waking moment going through this stuff so obviously our opinions are spot on so just take that for what it's worth yeah i came in fifth in my fantasy league last year so um <laughs> yeah i'd say that's really right that's all the credentials you need yeah um okay up next we've got a little bit of like two behind enemy line stories just because these stories are too good not to go through 
the first one, um, the Naval Academy had, I guess, their equivalent of recognition, and it culminates with I don't actually because I know they do they call it Sea Trials, which is just like a I don't know it's a dumb name, but they do their Sea Trials and then they do climbing the Hernan statue, and so if you don't know what it is, there's this statue of what's Hernan's first name. Um, sounds like a like sounds like a Richard Herman. Like Richard Sherman. I don't know. We'll call him we'll call Herman. him uh, Richard Herman. Yeah, Richard Herndon. Coach. It's coach. So anyways. Yeah, good. So anyways, uh they put a hat at the top of it and I guess the upperclassmen greased the statue with like Crisco and then all the Navy duelies have to climb it and replace the hat. And I've talked to Naval Academy grads, and it just kind of makes me raise my eyebrows because they talk about it like with a tear in their eye. They're so proud which of is their so memories weird. climbing Herndon's. Which is so it's weird, weird because dude. there's a thousand people in a class. How many people do you realistically need to get to the top of that thing? No more than a hundred, right? It's a competition, though, because everybody wants to be... So it's like a they're trying to get it get the time going, but there's also a competition that... Whoever the dually is that puts it on there, it's like the dually. They're, they're like <laughs> the, the big, sea dually. Yeah, they're the they're the cock of the walk, as they they say at Navy. But so. that's just ah, uh, I I just I think we both know where we would be if this was if this went on at the academy. Um, I mean, where we would Sean be in relation 18. to the statue. <laughs> but I guess what I'm getting at is like, again, thousand people. So if you're all fighting for it, then nobody's ever going to get it. It looks like they're helping each other because they're like, you know, bracing themselves against the statue to let the other person climb. But yeah, I think what they do is I think it's like, I mean, just picture it. If they had something, which I don't even know why I'm saying that. Why if we had something like this at the academy, it's so stupid. We would never do this. But it'd be it's kind of like one of those things where, okay, everybody, the common goal is that you want to climb Hernan. But every squad wants their dually to do it. So I'm sure all the kids that are bracing, it's like, oh, those are their squaddies. Or something. I don't know. Either way. But it's kind of... But the whole thing, the whole thing, like I said, they just talk about it so nostalgically. Like, it's this big prideful event. And, uh... I don't know, man. It's just really, really... It's one of those things where it's just weird. And in this day and age, I think you're kind of supposed to think that if you're you're not supposed to ruin anybody's shine, and if people are psyched about it, uh, tell General Schofield to keep puppy. it down. Yeah, <laughs> Lance P. Sijon, stop. <laughs> Come here, Schofield's quote. Go lay down. Anyway, um, <laughs> she actually stopped. Uh, but you're not supposed to ruin anybody's shine and that kind of stuff. But I, this is one of those times where I can't keep my mouth shut. It's weird. It is a weird look. If you're uninitiated, if you don't know what it is, and you come up on um, like 500 shirtless dudes all greased up and then a bunch <laughs> of girls in like sports bras, and they're all like climbing on top of each other, and it looks like some kind of strange anthill, I'm sorry. That's weird. Yeah. Like, you... I get it. It's 2019. Maybe I'm the old man now, but it's weird. Yeah. I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it, really. I mean, it. <laughs> We should be closer to understanding it than most people, just due to the fact that we 
have some understanding of what academy life is but even to me every every year that i see it i just i'm just like what is going on here like i the biggest yeah. thing and i can't get over it it's like okay there's a thousand people in that class there's maybe you maybe need 50 people to do it so yeah. uh, i guess like the other 900 950 people are just sitting around watching i guess well congrats to congrats to the navy duelies whatever man <laughs> um we have another story about the naval academy and lace up your boots there everybody this because this is, is a wild electric. one so there was a teacher who was fired from the naval academy and i'll just read you it's from the baltimore sun it says a speedo photo ended his long classroom rebellion now this Naval Academy professor wants his job back. And this guy looks kind of like... If you were to mix... You know the show Pinky and the Brain? Yeah. You know the brain? If you mix the brain rat with Stephen, Stephen Colbert, that's what we got for this guy. <laughs> you, know, you know what he looks like to me? Is, uh, have you ever seen that movie Master of Disguise? Yeah, like Dana Carvey a little bit. Is that his name? Like the Wayne's World guy? Yeah. He kind of looks like a tall, lean version of uh, Wayne's World guy. Yeah, so anyways, um, kind of a strange dude. So what happened was he put a, and I don't know. Okay, so he sent a picture of himself in a Speedo. I guess he used to be a Calvin Klein model. Good for him. Um, out right. to his class. He's an English professor. And he said that it was the theme of reality versus an ideal. Uh... Classic it was English an all movie. male class. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. What, it, like, what exactly are we going at here? Um, so well, I guess what... it became evidence for Navy commanders to fire him. Well, let me, let me go through the facts of the case, and then, and then so we can like. So this talk was about just the, this was just kind of their, their, uh, what's the word? They basically just used this as a, the final kind of decision to fire him. I think they've been wanting to do it for yeah. a long, long time because there's crazy amount of weird things that he's done he's spoken against the naval academy multiple times and i think they were just looking for the next weird thing that he did they were going to use that to get get him out of there all right so let me keep going um so he says basically what he thinks of himself as he thinks that he's like this awesome teacher who's teaching cadets how to uh he's like a dead poet society wannabe uh yeah Exactly. Uh, I guess he would show up to class dressed up like Captain Von Trapp from The Sound of Music. I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, he would give lectures about sunscreen, dental floss, and condoms. Okay. Um, I guess his brother died of AIDS. He That's would wear $3,000 suits uh, and his let the son... midshipmen try them on. Yeah, his son wore a dress to prom. Not going to comment on that. He called the students mid-sheeple. Like, they're sheep. They just follow yeah, what they're told. told, and they... told them to never, told them to never take steroids. That's good. Anyway, so the point is that the guy wants his job back, and it's... I don't know. He And then he kind of went the route that uh, the academy is actually being too PC, which is funny because it's kind of like... It's so on the opposite end of the spectrum of usually who is calling out people for being PC. Yeah. Um, and so I do think it's kind of funny 
uh, in that one. And he talks about how it's a First Amendment thing in the classroom. And uh, I don't know. I, I The guy's electric. There's no doubt about that. He's... He definitely like kind of. <laughs> this article gets better and better. It's like I don't. Some of the stuff they talk about is like, okay, that's ridiculous. I couldn't put up with that either. And then others are, like this this paragraph itself. It says basically, midshipmen started to complain. Administrators began an investigation. They gathered more than a hundred pages of comments from midshipmen. Students reported their professor was frank and graphic in discussing sexual acts. One wrote that Fleming, that's the instructor, Fleming's disdain, disdain for the academy felt excessive. Another wrote that Fleming removed his shoes and walked on a midshipman's back to crack it. Some said they were unnerved by his hugs. Nice. Some found his blunt talk refreshing, others sickening. So it's like, I honestly, I think we can all kind of picture a teacher that we've had like this, either in high school or at the academy where... Obviously, teaching teaching is important, but they kind of get so infatuated with this make believe that, you know, they're gonna be like the Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society and just be so outlandish with their teaching techniques that it's gonna somehow like spark this revolution and this huge insight in every student's mind that they have. And clearly, this guy did his best to be very anti PowerPoint, anti multiple choice essay type thing i can't imagine what, what it would be like to be have an essay graded by this guy because you have no idea what he's looking for oh and no i know exactly what he's looking for what he's looking for is people who can show up and and pretend to be excited that's all it is if you show up and act like you really care and pick some off the wall topic i mean you're getting an a that's an it and and so you could tell that it's like the kids who want to go there and the kids who kind of need an escape from the hard from actual tough classes who just want an easy way to get an A by just like connecting with their teacher and making a few jokes. That's the kind of guy for them. But then the other kids who are more serious about academics probably went in because they weren't quote finding their passion or something, probably got terrible grades and that became a huge thing. But yeah, he, uh, I guess he blasted the Academy on C-SPAN in his own books and in the Atlantic. What I, I would think that the funniest thing about all of this to me is putting myself into the dean or academy staff's kind of shoes because he gets tenure, which makes him extremely tough to fire. And it's like kind of at the end of the day, he might not be doing anything necessarily illegal or unlawful, but it, at a certain point it's kind of like, yeah, that's just not the kind of guy that we want yeah. teaching. Like what is he teaching? The point of English class, come in, read a couple books, write an essay, and get out. That's all English class is for. It's not this thought-provoking life-changing thing and there are probably some angry english majors right now but that was all i ever got out of it was you know yeah, not to mention i don't even remember we read some weird books <laughs> i don't that I think didn't read. i don't think it's necessarily right to you know it's it's not the academy's place to turn turn kids into robots that just say yes sir no sir blah blah blah, blah. but it's also like this guy was this guy was clearly from what we can gather here anti-establishment anti you know following orders kind of deal and there at some point like the mil in the military you have to be able to take orders and you have to somewhat buy into a, a bit of an establishment because like it or not the military is one of the most organized establishments there is for good reason so it's like i'm totally down with having yeah. your own mindset and being your own person and not 
kind of buying into every little thing the military tells you to do, but to be actively telling somebody not to follow orders is like a complete violation of what the Navy, the Air Force, and the Army is teaching you, unless they're obviously unlawful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's that divide, too, to where, because, and here's something people I don't think realize, like, you can, he had to have been pretty extreme, because I know at the Air Force Academy, I heard some pretty radical, borderline, like, anti-military opinions in different classes, and you're perfectly allowed to do that, because it's an academic environment, but you also, it also opens up the door for this kind of thing where, People think that they're in this safe zone where they can say and think whatever they want. It's not about controlling what you think, but it's about like, okay, dude, you can't get like too indoctrinated. There is a little bit of indoctrination that goes on, no doubt, by the virtue of serving in the military and using, uh, and using tax dollars to become a vehicle of like the nation's kind of military. And so that's why uh, I think if you remember back to that story at West Point about the kid who was an avowed communist, he made it through all the way. I think he became a second lieutenant and he was still going around saying that he was a communist and that communism will win and all that stuff. And it's because... He got kicked out of the army. Like he did, later. yeah, he did, but I, I don't think he picked that up on during his 60 days or whatever they have at West Point. I'd imagine he'd been doing Fair that enough. the entire time at West Point. And so I think that's kind of my point is that it's just like, understanding where that line is and kind of getting control of it and realizing that to an extent expanding your mind doesn't mean you have to act on it and learning doesn't mean you have to you know practice everything that you're being told so yeah yeah it's just ridiculous it's like imagine working for and i i understand teaching is a whole nother game but imagine working for uh apple being like a high level executive at apple and just talking about how much apple sucks and and how much disdain you have for Apple, and then they're like, "Keep on doing your thing, keep working." Yeah. We want, and then we we want you back. Like, keep on coming back. We we like what you're doing for the yeah. company. It's like this is ridiculous. Why can't we just fire people because they're doing a bad job or not aligned with the values that the company is preaching? Yeah, you're at Apple, and you're the one guy with green tax bubbles. <laughs> yeah, forcing all the employees on you to buy Android. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's enough on that. Uh, I don't know. He's enough, and here's the other thing, too, is, like, this guy, you know exactly the kind of dude he is. He's been, he's made, he's been teaching there for 31 years. He, they said his salary is, like, 130K. He's probably been making that for the last 20 years. And, and he's written all these guest pieces for, he's been on C-SPAN and written for the Atlantic and, I don't know, a, a book and all that. He's going to finish this up, take it to court, or whatever he's going to do. He's going to lose, not care, go write a book, sell it for however much, and ride off into the sunset thinking that he's just, like, a genius. So, uh, stay until Good you make it. Good time in society to, to do that. So Yeah, I love it. I do love it for that aspect. I mean, he's playing the game. And that's what he teaches. So, can't call him a hypocrite. Uh, sure. All right, we got one more thing we wanted to talk about. Yeah, we're going to, so we said, we mentioned it was graduation week. We're going to do just some graduation tips for mainly seniors out there that have family coming into town. You don't know how you're going to entertain them in Colorado, Colorado Springs for the fourth time over the past four years. 
you know, you've already gone to Garden of the Gods, you've gone to the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, now what? You know, what are you supposed to do now? Um, so, we're going to do a little bit of family talk, some family matters, kind of talking about what you can do with the family or what you can have them do while you um, scramble to out-process. And uh, other things, other tips for actual graduation day tips, so what you can do to make your life easier on graduation day. Um, do you want me to jump into it, or did you want to start off? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Just can keep sending your parents to uh, A-Hall. Just like whenever you have something to do, because that's the thing is you're going to have a bunch of little things that you need to go to. And you just keep telling your parents, like, hey, have you guys seen A-Hall yet? If, or if you're hungry, go over there. There's a subway. They'll be like, no, we literally are leaving Subway right now. We don't need to go back to Subway. Like, oh, no, 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 just go there. There's like, a, I don't know, there's some cool stuff to look at. So you just keep sending them the there. Air gardens. Yeah, and then when you're and then when you're done with all your stuff, then you go have them just like pick you up, and so that's that's like a good piece of advice. That's yeah, not too bad. Um, some real things you can do is send them up the uh, Pikes Peak Cog Railroad thing. So don't go on it yourself. I've never done it myself, but my family's done it multiple times. Uh, it'll spend they'll spend at least four hours taking the railroad up to the top of Pikes Peak. Unless you're from Colorado or Utah or something, it's probably going to be something that they think is pretty cool. And then, yeah, you can just either pretend to be out-processing and really be at back east or Haps if it's open, or actually out-process it because it's probably the first time in your life you're motivated to move out of your room. Yeah, I was not good about that. And I ended up like losing a bunch of stuff, and it was not good. And I saluted. I gave my first salute. Um, well, I was pretty intoxicated from my graduation party, so <laughs> definitely do that. Take care of everything before you go. As for graduation day, um, it, hydrate, I would say, and don't carry too much stuff with you. Because although, now that I think about it, I think I remember seeing they have overalls now instead of pants like we did with suspenders. So if you have really? pockets, maybe you're good with that. But we didn't have pockets on ours. So we had to like no. kind of keep everything in our uh, like in our yeah that was weird parade dress coat. Maybe they finally adapted and they put um, phone holders in the pants. Yeah, because some kid sent us a picture of him wearing just that those overalls, and he, and I think he like wrote something on his chest in like body paint. And he was like, hey, post this. And I was like, no. But I was like, but those are some sweet suspenders. <laughs> or those are some sweet overalls. So that was something that I really learned. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Of one, of my actual, one of my actual graduation day tips, like we kind of alluded to it, but, dude, just get, and I know Kamish is a big fan of procrastinating on this, but just get your room completely taken care of because, like, done. The only thing you should have in there is the uniform that you need to wake up and put on in the morning if you're even staying at the academy and most of you probably aren't so just that way when you're done with graduation don't bring your entire family up on the hill because it's going to be packed take your brother your dad one person maybe go up to your room out process with your amt turn in your stuff with wherever that place is they for some reason it's only open at the end of like literally the hour after graduation that way you can leave. There were so many people I saw, like, their rooms were packed, and they have, like, their family carrying out mattress pads 
and uniforms and trunks. And I'm like, that looks miserable. I'm going straight to the bar right now. So yeah. just get your room taken care of. That way you don't have to deal with it. Yeah, those are good ideas. Also, have like for me, it was so strange. I just remember uh, I bought my flight the morning after graduation to fly home. Because I didn't, I straight up didn't have a plan. That's how much like graduation just seemed was just like the end of the line for me. I remember waking up with a raging headache the day after graduation, and my family was all leaving. Uh, my now wife was leaving, and I was like, "What do I do now?" And so I literally was laying in bed, and I was like, "I gotta buy a flight home," because my plan was originally that I was gonna drive my car from Colorado all the way back to the East coast. And then I didn't end up doing that. So I parked it at DIA and just took a flight out from there. <laughs> and then I parked my car for all of 60 days in covered parking at one of those DIA parking lots. And when I finished up 60 days, I remembered, I thought it was going to be like eight or $900 because of how much the parking was per day. And I went up and I told them, I was like, hey, you guys changed your rates. What do I do? And the lady just goes, um, yeah, I don't know how to change it, so you're good. I said, you Oh, my gosh. I said, you know how much I owe you, right? And I said, it's just like <laughs> a little bit less than this $1,000 you're quoting me at. And she goes, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I mean, it's just a parking space. And I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. And I left her my phone number, and I, was, and I was like, listen, I don't want to get you fired. I don't want to, like, get uh, the cops after me uh, after, like, larceny or something. So I said, you leave this here and call me if there's any issues. Never got a phone call. Well, maybe that phone call's on its way. You never know. Yeah, maybe there's a, a Dude, big that's, podcast. That might be the best thing that happened to you throughout all of 60 days. Uh... That's, like, a, that's a great way to start your career in the Air Force. Yeah, it was really good. And because then, that is so that is so opposite academy, you know? Yeah. Like if it you is. got back from winter you got back from winter break sophomore year or junior year, but whatever. You have a cracked windshield. You're on Act Pro and you have your car there. Not only do you have a cracked windshield, they double the rates and they're making you pay double. That's yeah. what the academy life is. Then you graduate and you get away with a thousand dollar parking ticket fine. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Yeah, so that was Don't really... get used to it, though. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I don't know. I'd say that's pretty much all I got. I don't think I have much either. I think that's really it. Just enjoy, obviously enjoy graduation. It's awesome. Kind of sucks sitting through all those names, but um, Donald Trump should give probably, President Donald Trump should probably give a pretty entertaining speech. Uh, They'll do the yeah. classic thing where they... they where they act like they know what Jack's Valley is and stuff, even though it's just on a script. But yeah, <laughs> long, big, beautiful blue line is, is stronger than ever. So I think like one of our years too, or one of the years that we were there, it was like they they tried. Uh, what did they try to do? Pardon everybody's tours or whatever. And at that time, the only people who marched tours were like. People who got alcohol hits. People got DUIs and stuff. Yeah, and those aren't pardonable. So it was yeah. just like it didn't mean anything. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's always it's also funny uh, when they mispronounce things that are like clearly and they're again they're trying to act like they know exactly what they're talking about. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, whether you lived in Vandenborg, Vandenberg or, Vandenborg. Uh, you know, the, the <laughs> Vandenborg, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> whether you live in Vandenborg or Sea John, you know, everybody had great experience in the dorms. And you're like, just stop pretending like you know what happens here. Yeah. I ate one of those but famous Donnie, meals I'm, I'm sure at Mike's. It'll be electric. <laughs> With that ever dreaded meatball stroganoff, if you know what I mean. Hate stroganoff. Hate it. Alright, let's do uh let's do some minutes and close this thing out. You wanna do it? Yeah, I'll do it. So we're shaking it up officially. Alright All right, guys, if you haven't heard before, and actually we have to do this is super late. I should probably cut this in beforehand, but we're gonna talk about something that is absolutely delicious. It is called Strike Force Energy, folks. Strike Force Energy. It comes in these awesome little 60 or 600, I don't know what it is, 6 milliliter packets. And you just pour it into your drink, whatever it is. You can pour it into milk. You can pour it into cow's milk, <laughs> sheep's milk, almond milk, all kinds of milk. Badger milk. Yeah, just pour it all in there. It gives you the energy that you want uh, without any of the sugar or the calories that you're going to get from Red Bull or Monster or anything like that. It's awesome stuff. Right now, if you go to their website, strikeforceenergy.com, and enter the promo code FNBA, you can get 20% off your order and help support our podcast and what it is that we do here, whatever that is. I would highly recommend it. My favorite flavor is original. Not allowed to say this, so we might bleep this out, but if it skips, if it makes it through, then oh well. It tastes like Red Bull. It's delicious. Archie, what's your favorite flavor? I'm an original guy as well. Okay. I, uh, I've been dabbling around. I tried grape today. Grape was also good, but there's something I, I typically use it before I work out, not to brag. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like the the zip that original has. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm tasting like like a Gatorade doesn't really get you going. Not that it tastes like Gatorade, but something about that Red Bull flavor either tells me, okay, it's time to work out, or I'm about to drink a lot of alcohol. So yes. either one of those, it's fight or flight, and I tend to lean towards the fight mode. So it gets me gets me ready to go. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. So go ahead and do that. Again, that's FNBA promo code is strikeforceenergy.com for 20% off of your order today, tomorrow, or whenever. Um, now, second of all, we have Fastneat Below Average. That's fastneatbelowavg.com. Head over there. We have T-shirts. We have stickers. We have uh flags the famous flag the one and only original flag we invented the saying when we were trying to think of something clever and we were like hey this isn't that clever we'll come up with something better later and we just never did army and navy played for second flags get some of those uh we've got new stuff coming out soon to get you ready for summer if you are a yeah, dually, get the uh the challenge coin shotgun hole puncher those are fantastic if you're a dually go ahead and order your stuff it's the only thing that you're allowed to wear that are civvies uh during dual year so make sure you go ahead and get your parents credit card and spend a couple thousand dollars on our website that again helps us out it also helps you out because right around fall time we do our famous tailgates where everybody gets really really drunk um in a safe and controlled atmosphere and so the more business we do the more successful and the better those parties will be so that is really all i have for this week's episode do you have anything for us archie no enjoy graduation uh, and then if you're not a senior, it's one step closer to being a senior. Exactly. Congratulations, 2019. Peace. See ya. So, yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long... 
big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit. You have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you got to compete. Welcome to Thin Air. I want you to share